Hello everyone, welcome to the Filmmaking Sucks Podcast. Don't ever do that again. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Where we tell you about all the mistakes you can make while producing a film and explain how you can avoid them yourself. You didn't like my hoity-toity voice? I did not. <sighs> Fine. Fine then. Mm. Alright, well, uh, I- I'm I'm one of your hosts, Manny. I'm the other host, Lynn. Hooray. Yay. We're alone today again. Again. Are we, were, were we alone last week? Yeah. No. We had Louie on last week. Yeah, we had Louie on last week, yeah. yeah. So this week, we're going to... We're going... Uh, get back to some basics. 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 I'm all caught up here. No, no. We'll get back to some basics here. Chaos. Chaos. <laughs> all right. We are going to talk to you today about... The five-person film crew. Let's call it a six-person film crew. Sure. Our theory did theoretical situation did much better with six. Mm. Chances are you're going to have four to five, four to six people. Yeah, there you go. Four to six. Yeah. I like it. But four to six people that are going to be able to help you with your film. All right. Um, now, we're talking no budget, low budgets, no budgets. Here. No budget. Okay. We're gonna we're we're gonna our, our theoretical. Let, let's talk gorilla for a minute. Yes. Yes. Um, our theoretical f- situation. This is your first film. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we've no, we haven't covered cameras yet because that's a very complicated thing. But yeah. uh, as we've said before, um, you can shoot a film with with a cell phone. You know, I don't know how good it's gonna get. Because you're limited to what you can do with it, you know? Uh, not that the quality will be bad. But if you don't know what you're doing, the limits may not actually limit you. Exactly. So, let's assume you have a camera. Assuming? Assuming you got a camera already, all right? Uh, or you borrowed someone something from someone. You borrowed a camera. Hmm? Okay? You listen to our sound episode. You already have sound equipment. Good for you. All right? Um, you got lights. Let's just say you got Well, you've, you've heard of a three-light setup, say. Yes. I mean, everybody's heard of a three-light setup. Nobody really can sh- for always know what it means, but you've heard of it, I'm sure. Yes. So you have, you have three lights. Yeah, three, three lights because you heard about a three-light yes. setup. <laughs> so you've got a camera, you've got, you've got a, a microphone, and you've got three lights. Yep. Gotcha. Now you go find your actors. You've got a script you want to do. Let's say, for argument's sake, your Please script. have a script. Just please have a script. Yes, have please a just script. start there. Have, have a script. It doesn't have to be great. Just have a script. It doesn't even have to be properly formatted. Just have a script. Yes, have a script. All right. Um, you have a script done, and you want to shoot this. You want to shoot this, your first, your first short film. All right. Uh, for argument's sake, it is a eight to ten minute, eight to ten page Ten pages, what we let's say. Yeah. Let's say ten page. All right, ten page short short film script. Mm-hmm. You've got three actors. Mm-hmm. In this, your your three actors are whomever they are. They have an argument, and one of them shoots the other. Okay. All right. So we now have a uh, an eight to ten minute short film with three actors, um, an argument. So we have our conflict. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we have a we have one special effect. Yeah. For the day. And now let's say that you actually listened to our producer episode mm. and you know better than just try and shoot everything in one day and you've scheduled two days at your auntie's house. Yes. Yes. You're gonna use your you're gonna use your aunt's living room and shoot in there. Yep. Okay. Um So where do we start there then? Let's start there. Well, you start there and, and the first thing you're gonna need before because you've heard about our pre production process. We've talked about pre production, so 
get yourself a producer, number one, because yes. I told you to. I told you to hire a producer. Yes. Your producer um, can be your husband or your wife. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to assume. Let's let's jump into assumptions here. You wrote the script. You know what it wanted to look like. Yeah. You know what you know what your final product is going to be. So you're probably your own. You're 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 the writer. You're probably your own director. Yep. Okay. And chances are it's your camera, so you're going to be the camera guy. Yep. Or it's whoever let you borrow the camera. Whoever let you borrow. Let you borrow the camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you are most likely going to be your own camera person, or you have a camera person. Yeah. Okay. So now we are at. Two people on your crew. You and your camera. You and your camera person, yeah. all right? Get yourself a producer. That can be your wife, your girlfriend, your husband. Your, your most organized BFF. Yes, yes. The most organized person that mm-hmm. you know, the person who actually wears a watch in this day and age. Um, the person who always knows who runs a watch. <laughs> you do wear a watch. I do. I count my steps with it, but I also it also has, it has a time on it. It has a clock on it. Yeah. It was that was your If you have a friend who's always punctual or even early, mm-hmm. talk to them about being your producer mm-hmm. because they're the type of person that you need. You need somebody who can manage time. Yes. All right. So now we have three people. Right. You're going to take your sound equipment and you're going to find um someone. Uh I, I say anyone. It's well, a bad well, we're, I want to clarify this producer concept because producer can cover two jobs. If you got, if you're in in the situation where you are making your first film, get your most organized friend, have walk them through all of your thoughts, all the costumes, all the things that you think that you need, and then you're going to call them an AD once they get to set. Yeah. So then that's technically it could be three people, four people, you, your camera, your producer, and your AD. Or you could just be a producer slash AD. Yeah. Most likely you're going to have a producer slash AD. Yeah. I'd recommend Most it. Most likely. Because your producer is has been working with you on this script before shooting. So they know it ju- almost as, as well, well as you, you do. do. Yep. So they should be your AD for the day because they know everything it is that you want for the day. Yep. And they're probably the one who got all those crazy phone calls where it's like, I want this guy to have a really cool motorcycle jacket. Yes. And they've heard all about this motorcycle jacket and they know exactly which one of your actors is supposed to be wearing the motorcycle jacket. Yes. So they are your they are your producer before and they are your AD during. Yes. All right. Um, now you're going to find another one of your friends, um, preferably somebody uh, somebody who's in shape. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to be holding a microphone over their head, right? For a the good boom portion. operators, yes. we've all heard of the boom. Yes, someone who's going to be holding a microphone on a stick over their head for a couple hours during the day, who okay. will be shoved into tight corners and mm-hmm. bending over strange things yes. and uh, otherwise uncomfortable. Which is why we say someone in shape because they have to get into tiny little spaces. Someone in high. shape or somebody tiny. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 we've literally had a sound person that we threw into the trunk once. That was yeah. That was fun. Yep, yep. Yep. We've had sound people under tables or yep. literally crouched down between the two actors on mm-hmm. the floor at their knees. Yep. You know, so your sound person needs to be able to get into tight nimble. spaces. Nimble. Nimble. There you go. Um, your most nimblest of friends. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I, as a, as a, at the time I was, you know, a 300 and something pound guy. Yeah. I ran sound for someone else and it was kind of difficult to get into certain positions where I was. Yeah. Okay. As a camera guy being that size, it was very difficult for me to get into certain spaces and shoot from there. So, uh, you want, but you did have that belly. You could rest the camera. On. I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> God. Damn. <laughs> so you're going to find someone nimble to be your sound person for the day. All right. Then you are hopefully going to have another person. If you have a younger sibling that's being used to being bossed around, this is the position for them. The sound? No, no, no. The PA. I thought we were moving on. Yeah, we hadn't named it yet. Oh, sorry. 
yeah. sound. But no, I wouldn't do that. Oh, well, I wouldn't do that. I would do that. Maybe someone who's used to being bossed around and being okay, who's okay with being bossed around yeah. is your PA. Yes. All right. Um, this person is going to do a little bit of everything that you need help with. Mm-hmm. Okay? Have them be a smart person, though. Yes. Yes. Someone who can think for themselves. Yeah. You need a Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was our... Yes, we all had, around guy. We had our friend Ralph. Our gal Friday. Yes, we had our friend Ralph, who was in most of our, who helped us on most of our films for the first couple of years of our jack of all trades. Stuff. Yes, That's he what we're did a little bit of everything. He helped yep. us with props. He helped us uh, ordering. Ordering food is very important because yes. nobody wants to be the person who has to order the food and then go get no. it. So this person is unfortunately going to be tasked with ordering food as mm-hmm. well. Yep. Okay. Um, when an actor forgets to put their tie on, they have to run into the other room and search through the bags of your stuff to find the tie. Yep. Okay? There's a water bottle in the back of the scene. They're the ones who are going to run in and grab it because the camera guy can't keep putting the camera down once he's got his position to go grab the ca- Even though it's right, even though it's more or less within reaching distance, yeah. he's got to move his camera position. Right. And he's got to, and you know. And that so, can throw off your continuity. So yeah. let's not do that. Yeah. So let's not do that. So have somebody who will just do that. Do a little sweep around the room. All right. Uh, so anyway, that's so now you have your five or so person crew, your yep. approximately five person crew. Again, the director and the cameraman can be one person, but it's always advisable if you can get a second camera. Yes, there we go. That's the other one. Get another camera person. Yeah. Uh, especially in especially for these. No, if you have somebody, if you have another person who can run a camera, have two cameras mm-hmm. on set. Yep. Okay. Um, a couple different reasons for this. Uh, one being that sometimes sometimes as the director. You're a little distracted with your with your uh, doing your, your actual job. With your doing your actual job, <laughs> which the, is working with the actors. Yes. That is that is a director's number one job. Let's just be very clear on that. The director's number one job is to work with the actors. So all these you know fancy Hollywood directors who have DPs and cameramen and they don't run cameras. It's not that they're wussy non-camera running. They're sitting in a chair and they're watching yeah. a monitor all day long. Well, what are they doing? They're making sure the actors are getting the performance that yes. they need. Yep. They're making sure that the actors are consistent between scenes and what they're doing, getting their motivation done. And I hear you hear this, oh, my motivation. It sounds stupid, but it's true. Hmm? They You need to... Your actors need to know where your characters are, where their character that they're playing is coming from. Yep. Okay, so that this way, their reactions to certain to certain situations are consistent. Mm-hmm. They need to know what's inside the head of these characters, and you, as the writer director, know this better than anybody else. Yeah. So, for example, if your if your actor in the previous scene just found his wife in bed with his best friend, mm-hmm. he's not going to play the scene this scene the same way as he's going to play it if he was just petting a puppy. Okay. <laughs> Those are two drastic emotional spaces that they're coming from. Yes. Yeah. So as a director, it is your job to ensure that your actors are performing properly. All right. So get yourself a second cameraman. Now the reason you're going to be running your own camera is because you know what it wants, what you want it to look like. So you're going to get a bunch of a bunch of your shots. It's also way faster to shoot oh if God, you have two faster. cameras, especially when you have two or three actors in a scene. You're doing cross shots. You're having an, you're going to have one camera shooting towards. Let's say you have two. Your two main. You have three actors in the scene. Mm-hmm. Two of them are talking, standing, and the other one is sitting. Yeah. All right. Um, you're going to have one camera on one actor on actor A, one camera on actor B, and then you're going to do an entirely different take for actor C, who's sitting down. And then you're going to have another entire take where it would be A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. And you can now switch these around. Between the two camera guys, and you get what's called coverage that yes. way. You get 
when it comes to coverage, this is something that you need in order to edit properly. All right, because even if you know you want the entire scene to be done a certain way, it might not always work out that way. You know, hmm. not 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 because you can't shoot it that way. Maybe an actor said the line differently. You got the perfect shot, but he said it wrong, and you didn't even notice that he said it backwards. Because yeah. it happens. Yeah. You know, you're, sometimes you're rushing through things. It happens. They do something wrong. You know, or your eyes can't be on everything. Yeah. So or sometimes the person that you're not really focusing on makes a really great facial expression. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something happens in the other angle, exactly. Mm -hmm. And you want that reaction. You know, or sometimes they fell out of focus mm -hmm. momentarily. You want to be able to cut away from that. So you need another angle to cut away and just to be able to come back to give your to give the cameraman that moment that it took them to refocus. Yep. Okay. So th th these are reasons to have multiple cameras. It also saves you a hell of a lot of time. Yeah. It really saves you a lot of time. To, I mean, the two of us, we shoot three cameras most of the time, two to three cameras, and it's, it's barbaric when we have to go back to one. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, another thing, uh, make sure you're using the same camera. Yep. Try to use the same camera. Make sure that every camera on set is the same make and model of camera. If not model, then make will be close to enough. Depending. 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 Okay. Yes, it depends. Um we have Canon 60D and we have a Canon XHA1. Mm -hmm. Do not shoot with those two cameras. They yeah. look nothing alike. They're going to look completely different in post. You don't want that. You want the same make and model, maybe the make and series. Okay? That's what you want. Your Canon 60D is not going to look like a Canon 5D. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. Right. You know? Um so uh, there's no way one of them is always going to look better and you're going to look at it and you're not going to want the other shots even though the other one got the better shots it's not going to look right your colors are going to look different and that's going to distract your audience so try to get the same type of camera for everything and we really do owe it to you guys to do a camera episode already because <laughs> yeah. I think it's just it's, there's a lot of little things about cameras that there's even I don't so much, know yeah, there's so much to it there really is a lot to choosing cameras yeah because yeah, for one remember thing remember too that cameras are not about having the best it's about having what you need for the job yeah okay we just upgraded and we went to a, a Panasonic G7 could have gotten a G4 for another $1500 oh that's it yeah oh. you know and it would probably even look a little bit better than the G7 possibly right you know uh, I don't I don't know though because I haven't compared them but we can make them match we can make a G7 match a G4 right all right the thing is that the G7 doesn't have a camera in it doesn't have an uh, uh, an, uh, an audio input which the G4 does okay it the, the G4 or the or the G5 or those they also have um, the G7 will shoot in HD and it'll shoot in 4k I'm never gonna shoot in two in two K. I'm not shooting in three K. I'm not shooting in two point five K. And the four and the G four will <coughs> the G four can do that. The G five can do that. The G five I think I believe it it's getting an upgrade to shoot in five or six K. Jesus. Yes. But I'm not shooting in that. No. So it was one of those things where I got the camera and, and, that and, I needed for the job that I was going and to And the do. big thing when it comes to four K, because I'm sure that all of our listeners have heard, oh four K is the new amazing thing, blah 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 blah. 4K, when it comes to editing, is a whole other beast, correct? Yes. These yes. files are humongous. Yes. You know, so for most of the time, the you know, our, for this current situation, HD mm -hmm. would be enough. Yes, HD is gen is enough. Okay. It really is enough. Yeah. You know, we're not projecting to theaters. Okay, 4K is nice to have. Oh, put it on YouTube. My thing's in 4K. It's great. 
but you're doing a short film. It's your first one. It's your first film. Don't overcomplicate it. Yeah, don't. Simplify, all right? You, you, if, you, if you have access to a 4K camera, great, shoot it in 4K. Because yeah. just you have it, you know? Yeah. But make sure your computer can handle those files. It's huge files, all right? Um, but chances are you're going to be rendering in HD anyway. Mm. That's a good chance. You're going to be rendering just to 1080, all right? So the benefit of having that 4K and still rendering to HD is that you can now crop in right. to your shots. Um, we did cover this on the on our other episode. Was the cinematography panel that me and Pat did? Mm-hmm. That's right? that'd be a good thing to listen to. Yeah, so we did cover so we did cover a lot of this. So you go back to that and listen to it as well. That's our other previous episode. But again, any specific camera related questions? Send us something on Twitter. Send us a message. Send us an email. We'll do our best to answer you. We are working on a cameras episode. But so so say we're using a camera. Uh, Canon, whatever. Get all your, whatever, doesn't matter. Yeah. All your cameras are the same. You have two cameramen. One of your cameramen is you, your director, and you're the writer. You're the mm-hmm. camera guy. Yep. Which means you're also probably your own DP or your other camera person is going to help you with being setting up lights. Right. Uh, you have a sound guy. You have a producer AD. You have a PA for the day. Mm-hmm. And there's your crew. Okay. You can. This is your bare minimum that I think you need to shoot a film, period. So let's walk them through the process then. Yes. Um... Day before the shoot, a couple of days before the shoot, even, mm-hmm. uh, what are we going to do? You're going to have your director producer meeting. You're mm-hmm. going to probably have a ton of phone calls between the two of you um, mm-hmm. going back and forth for a couple of weeks, probably beforehand, but you definitely want to have at least a phone call or meeting. Um, best bet is actually get together at your house and have your producer help you pack everything. Yep. Because you will forget something if you were doing this on your own. Yep. You know, we have a very famous story where literally we all got into the car. We're driving to the state of New Jersey to shoot Blood Slaughter Massacre. And I turn and look at him and I say, you packed the Ripper mask, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have the. We actually, the one thing we forgot was the killer's mask. (laughs) Of all the things to forget. forget. We forgot the killer's mask. Fortunately, another one of our friends was coming. Our super duper PA was able to drive back to our place and your mom was able to let him in and get our mask. He was coming the next day. So he picked up, so he stopped by the house, grabbed the mask, grabbed the mask and... He took it to the set. So Crisis had, averted. Yes. But when you were packing everything up, because you're going to be packing up all your camera equipment, you're going to be wa- packing mm-hmm. up all the sound and that equipment. That wasn't even that we, we forgot. We just forgot to grab it. Like yeah. it was sitting on the table next to everything else. And we had specifically said the mask is going to go on top of everything so it doesn't get crushed. So put it in the car last. Yep. And we brought everything down in like two or three big trips. And the one thing was still sitting there on the table. Safely on the table. Yes. Safely on the table. <laughs> So yeah, you're going to forget things, things, you know, so it's always better to have two sets of eyes on something. Mm-hmm. So have your producer show up a couple of days in advance, help you pack everything up because you're going to pack all the wardrobe, the equipment, the, you know, the scripts. Well, again, and, we're not, we're not, yeah, we don't have too much, but no, yeah, we're talking it's three, still three actors in one. Yeah. Uh, 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 so anyway. So then, then what you're also going to do the night before, or maybe a couple of days before is mm-hmm. that you as the director slash GP. Yep. You're going to set up a, a shot list. You need to know what you're going to shoot and how you're going to shoot it. Now, the night before, by that time, I hope to God you know where you're shooting the next day. (laughs) I hope you know where your location is. You've been to your location. You've seen it. You're shooting at your aunt's place. You've been there before. Mm -hmm. You know what the living room looks like. You know what her, whatever room it is, you know what it looks like. And really make your life easy and go there a week before and take some photos and work, work, walk your way through the scene in your own head. Because it's your auntie's house. Go bring her a platter of brownies for letting you shoot. Platter of brownies. (laughs) 
yes. and 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 take a walk through the space. Make sure they're gluten free. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so, if somebody brought me a platter of brownies, I would be like anything. What do you need? Anything. <laughs> so, um, okay, so you're going to do that. You're going to sit down. You're going to open your script up. And you're going to make a shot list. Now, uh, this is not the proper way to do a shot list. But I think it's the the quickest. Yeah, agreed. It is the quickest way to do a shot list is to literally write it on your script. Um, Next to the lines, the dialogue, certain things, you have exactly the shot you want for those lines. All right? And you can do shorthand. Yes. Uh, See you, close up. Mm -hmm. Excess, cross shot. Mm -hmm. Um, MD, medium. Yep. WS is wide shot. Yes, mediums, close-ups, wide shots. Put them there. Yep. Put it on the script. So this way, again, you're only five people. There's no need to have 15 different papers floating around the set, and then you lose something. The script is the most important thing, and you're going to be sure that you have it. You and your producer are going to have a final version of the script. And you're so, going to share a copy. It's yeah. the easiest way to do it. I mean, yeah. this is how we do it. Exactly. So so the best way to do that is just write your shots on the script. So as you're shooting, your AD can look at the, can look at the script and say, well, we're shooting this. Did you get this shot? You yeah. wanted this shot for this specific scene. Did you get it? No, I didn't. Great. And then she just, she, he, whomever crosses mm. them off yeah. as you go through them and you got all the shots. All right. Make a list. Uh, I what I do is at the top right corner of it, of the script, top left corner of the script, I write the basic shots I want. I want a medium from here to here. I want close-ups of this to this. I want wide shots of the entire scene. And those are my basic shots there. And then next to certain lines, next to certain actions, I write out the specific shots I want to match those things. Mm -hmm. If you want something stylish for a certain spot, you write it there. Okay. I want an extremely low angle from down, from down the hallway as they exit the room. Okay. That's written right there next to that part of it. Okay. So um, another big thing to do for yourself, which will make your life much easier on set, is to mark off your inserts. Mm-hmm. An insert is literally a, an extreme close up on a prop, usually mm-hmm. um, something that your character is interacting with. You know, them opening the door. You want to get a yeah. cutaway or an insert of them doing this action. So it's the doorknob turning. Yes, like in Blood Slaughter when he was in Blood Slaughter when he was uh, when he was suspended. Mm-hmm. He has to take his he get your gun, give me your badge, give me your gun. So and 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 his uh, um, handcuffs. So I we did a real close up shot right on the table where he placed down the gun. He placed his uh, uh, badge, badge and his handcuffs on the table, and yep. we got that. And we did it three four times. Just had him do that, okay. And with that also, and when you're shooting something like that, hey, get the sound guy in there and get your sound. Get your sound, uh, your microphone up nice and close so you have your Foley as well. Right. And what, what's so important about these cutaways from an editing perspective? From an editing perspective, that's, that's actually, it's life-saving. Because sometimes, something like that, where he's reaching toward putting something down on the table, it's quite possible they move out of frame. Or, and, or you know, if you have it sitting on a, if you have your camera on a tripod, which I hate, but whatever, aesthetic decisions aside, um, he moves out of frame. Or sometimes someone says something. Somebody says their line a little early. 
you know, and they speak while this person is doing this action and you don't want to see them speaking, but you have a wide shot of them doing this action and this other person speaking at the same time. You can cut away right before they do the action to that close up and then you can come back to that other one to the close up of this person saying the line now. Mm -hmm. Okay, it allows you a lot of freedom in editing to be able to move around the room. Sometimes it makes it a lot more dynamic of an experience for the audience. You're not just staring at two just, people talking. Beyond just that, yes, it does. But beyond just that, um, sometimes there's just something happening in the shot and you don't like it. Yeah. You know, or you need a way to cut away from it. You know, you don't like the angle, or you know, they were a little too wide, or they're a little here, and you just didn't like it. You can cut away. Sometimes you can't get a clean... Two shots don't look good next to each other mm. sometimes. and But those are the only two shots we got. If you have a cutaway right in the middle, you can cut to that and you can put anything afterwards then. Then there's no... You know, there's no, well, these two shots don't look nice. Well, this is an extreme close-up. Anything's going to look good next to that thing. Right. Now it's just con con continuation of the story. Right. So what you want to do, go through the script, make sure those are highlighted, yeah. circled something. To, they draw the eye to them, and if your somebody, AG knows to make sure that they get them. somebody walks into the room, get a close-up of them, grabbing the doorknob, opening the door, pulling, and then the door closing. Just get that close-up. Anytime your actors interact with anything on set... Just get a separate shot of them doing that. Highlight that in your script so you're sure at the end of the scene to go back and just do those characters touching things. Mm -hmm. Okay? If somebody's pouring a cup of coffee, get a shot of the cup of coffee be of the of it being poured. And then a shot of them picking the mug up. You Sipping know? it. Yeah, whatever Sipping you need. It. Anything you can think of. Any sort of... Because remember... It's better to have and not need than to need and not have. Yes. So it really doesn't matter what it is, how abstract you think it is. Get it. Because mm -hmm. you might need it. Yeah. Hell, you might need it just for the sound effect alone. So get it. Always shoot as many cutaways as possible. Yes. Anything. Even if it's just someone walking in, their feet walking across the door frame. Something, anything you can think of. And as, as an AD, I, I very regularly before, when, you know, most of the time the director will turn to me and say, is that it? Did we get this scene done? Uh-huh. And I pause for a moment and I make sure I scan through the script and I make sure that there is some, that we got everything that they interact with. Yes. Uh, okay. So now I think we did that. All right. So you had, so now you got your shot list. Mm -hmm. Day of shooting now we're moving on to? Yes. Day of. Day of shooting. You as your you, as your director. producer, yep. slash AD, yep, uh, and preferably your camera guy, right? You are going to be at, on set at least an hour before everybody else, mm -hmm. at least. Okay, if your set time is eight o'clock and you show up at eight o'clock, you're already late. Yep. Okay, if you call your set call, everybody's got to be at set at eight o'clock. You better be there at seven. All right, because there's so many things that can possibly go wrong or that you didn't notice and you need time. How many times have we gotten to a location and all of a sudden one little thing has changed in the last two, three days since we last saw the location? Yeah. yeah. Um, so when you get there, your first thing is take pictures of everything. Well, walk the set. Walk the set with Walk the set with your AD. You know, to be efficient, so as you're walking the set, have your AD take pictures of everything. Everything... Everything. I mean everything. Yes, every all, picture frame, every flower vase, every. Everything. I don't mean close ups. I mean like I get a wide, get a wide, get a stand back and get yeah. a shot of the wall. Yeah. Of where things are, where everything is, because you're going to move stuff. Yep. And when your aunt comes back from her 
from the movie that she went to because she went to the movies with her girlfriends and uh, and she didn't want to be in your way for the day. So she just lets you lets you have the apartment, let you have her 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 place to herself, to yourself, to do whatever you can. All right, you know what? We'll be back in a few hours. Right. She comes back, and her penguin is facing west instead of east. She's gonna notice. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Her little knickknacks are in the wrong plot spot. She's gonna be upset, and while it may not be a big deal to you, it's a big deal to her. I mean, you'll you'll also have family photos in 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 the background. Yes, you want to remove those sorts of things. Yeah. Because they, they could look nothing like your actor, and yes. then they just have pictures of strangers in their home. Exactly. Which is weird. So you want to remove so you want to remove anything from your set that should not be in your scene. Which is production design. Yes. Right. So yes. you could also plan ahead, you know, and if you know you need certain props or certain things, you want to mark it off and let the AD know. Yeah. Let's say that the car- let's say the scene itself is taking place in your leather jacketed per your leather jacketed villain's apartment. Mm-hmm. Okay? And this guy in the leather jacket is an out of work musician. Musician. Yeah. He is not going to have a Powerpuff Girls cl- wall clock that is your niece's. No. You know, your niece who lives in the house, she's a she's a seven-year-old little girl. There's a wall clock of the Powerpuff Girls on the wall. Number one, you don't want a Powerpuff Girls clock on there because, first off, it's copyrighted, so you don't want to show that. And number two, if this is your villain's house... He will not have a Powerpuff Girls. He is not having a Powerpuff Yes, if this is your out-of-work musician villain, he is not going to have a Powerpuff Girls wall clock. And even if you are an out-of-work musician who most people would consider to be a villain and still have an out of still have a Powerpuff Girls wall clock, you're not going to have it in a movie. No. You're okay? not going to brag about it. You're not yes. taking pictures of, your, of it exactly. and putting it on your Instagram. Yeah. This is something that... It's gives the, the wrong impression story. of your character. It makes people think something differently of your character yeah. than is actually. If you have friends true. that are in bands that mm-hmm. have posters, get your friends' as posters. Yep. Tape them up to the wall. Now use safe blue tape that doesn't mark anything. Yes, for use sure. painters tape to hang. Painters tape up. is very good for that. Yes, it all comes off without ruining your aunt's your your, your great aunt's wall. But during this walkthrough, you're going to make sure that your AD knows this. Mm-hmm. You are going to talk to your cameraman about the shots that you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Anything that's in that shot, move it out. Get it out of the room entirely. Get it. Go put it in your aunt's bedroom. Yeah, breakable where nobody's things. Nobody's gonna go. Move to auntie's bedroom because you're not going in there because no auntie wants you shooting in their bedroom. No. Um, so yeah, put it all. Put all the breakable things. Put all the things that do not match your character. You know, into into, into your aunt's into, bedroom, and if you have the ability, put some tape on the wall that says "Do not enter," so everyone knows not to go into this room. Yes, because when Auntie comes home early and finds your actress sitting on her bed, she's going to lose it, lose her mind, and your shoot is done for the day. Yeah, so it's always a good idea, also as well, a couple of days beforehand, to walk through the apartment with Auntie and get a feel for what you can and cannot do. Yes. That's just a quick side note. Of course. Um. So yeah, once you've done this walkthrough with your AD. You can then split off with your AD and you and your cameraman can spend your time focusing on shots and and setting up lights. Mm -hmm. During this time, which I'll take over from this side, is producer. Your producer, hopefully your PA will be arriving. Yep. So your producer is going to walk the PA through everything that you just told them. It seems a little redundant, but it's important Mm -hmm. because everybody should be on the same page. Yes. And you shouldn't have to repeat yourself. So we're playing telephone with the producer. So she's going to tell the PA, this, this, this needs to get moved. This needs to get us set up. Mm-hmm. They're also going to move. They're probably going to meet and greet everybody as they start to arrive. They're going to get your makeup artist set up in Auntie's kitchen because that's the best place for makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to use, so they're going to help the makeup person start to get set up. They're also going to have craft services. 
probably also in the kitchen because this is a no budget shoot and it's yeah. usually very crowded and wherever craft yep. services winds up. Yep. Don't set your makeup artist in the bathroom. No. Although it may sound because it's got some of the best lighting and everything, don't set them up there because then your makeup artist has to stop every time someone wants to use the bathroom. Yeah, and don't set them up on a live set. If no. you're shooting in the living room, mm-hmm. do not shoot set up your makeup in the living room. Yes. Do not set up craft services in the living room. Nope. That is a continuity nightmare. Mm-hmm. If you can actually find a spot for your craft services where the food does not have to cross the rest of the crew while shooting, that is the best place to have. Oh, absolutely the best. Somewhere entirely, because if you are shooting a scene, as soon as that food walks in the door, everyone smells it and their concentration breaks because Gone. all they want is the food now. Yep. Okay? No one, and I mean no one, touches food until you call break. Yes. Okay? I don't care if your PA has nothing to do for the next half hour. He does not walk in the other room, grab himself some food, and start eating, and then come back to set with food in his hand to watch you guys shoot. No. No one touches food until you call lunch. Yeah. Period. Yep. And you eat last. You make sure that your actors especially are fed first. Yes, because the truth is you're not paying people. You're probably not paying anybody. They're all doing they're all here for volu- they're all volunteering their time and their effort to help you make your movie. So feed them first. Make sure they all eat. Yeah, you okay. want to make sure that there's plenty of water, bottles mm-hmm. of water on set. If it's cold, even better. If you're going to use Auntie's fridge, combine all of her food onto the other shelves, put another piece of tape that says do not eat do not touch Mm -hmm. and set up one entire shelves for yours crew and your producer is going to train the pa to tell anybody who enters the set that exact information yeah bottom self of the fridge is ours everything up above is not not touch do not to be touched they don't go through cabinets they don't go through they want coffee they ask for the coffee okay don't start looking through auntie's cabinets for coffee even if auntie said you can do that don't do it separate it if you're going to you're going to take it out beforehand so nobody goes looking for it because once they start looking through auntie's cabinets they're going to grab her granola bars or her cookies or whatever she's got they're going to wonder hey can i have some cookies hey can i have some of this can i have some of that no No. this is not a set this is someone's home Mm -hmm. everything in that House belongs to another person. Yeah, and this person is kind enough to let us shoot here. Yes, do not take advantage of it by using and eating all of their stuff. No. Don't do it, all right? And here's another quick tip also from the Your crew does not touch anything you did not bring there. Yeah. Assume that you were going to provide food as much as possible. You are not going to get away with just ordering food once. Mm -hmm. You're going to need coffee. A box of Joe is great. You're going to need bottles of water. You're going to need snacks. People yes. will arrive. And it doesn't mean said. potato chips. No. Bag of potato chips is messy. People get grease on their hands. They, No, you don't want chips. You get things that are dry. Mm-hmm. You want dry things for them that they cannot make a mess out of. Yeah. If, even if it's, if it's hot, mm-hmm. fruit is great. Yeah. Having a fruit salad. You, know you, you could do that. You could go to the store. You go to the store. You get yourself one of those... Uh, get get kids packs of things, mm-hmm. so everything is individually wrapped. Yep. So if somebody wants some, you know, a, a thing of peanuts or whatever, mm-hmm. then they can grab their own little bag of peanuts yep. and have that. And then it does not leave the kitchen area. Yeah. Nothing goes elsewhere. They don't pick up the food and then walk into the set because then that wrapper has to go somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Nothing leaves 
the craft services area. All food stays there. No, And you may think that logically, if call time is 10 o'clock in the morning, that people are going to sit down and, as usual, have breakfast for themselves. No. No. They're, they're all waking up late and they're all going to show up. No. So have some bagels and stuff. Bagels and great. Go, bagels yes. can sit out all day long. Yep. That's totally fine. Yeah. You know, and don't, and when you go to Dunkin' Donuts, don't ask them for the cream cheese. Walk, don't, because no. they're going to charge it's you a so dollar for every little bit it's of ridiculous. cream cheese or butter or whatever. Just go to the store, get a bag of, get a package of bagels, big 12 or, you know, 16 pack of bagels or something, and a thing of butter and, and cream cheese or whatever you want. Cream cheese, yes. Yeah. And for, and for 10 bucks, you know, for 10 or $12, you've got literally breakfast for, you know, and it's going to put everybody in a great mood. People. That breakfast is already there. There yes. is food provided for them, and the more ha- the happier you can keep people, the better off you are. Yes. So while the producer is running around making sure that your craft services are set up, people under making sure everybody knows the rules of the set. Mm-hmm. As a director, you're in the other room. You're mm-hmm. in the set room. All right. You are setting up your lights. You're working, walking through the scene with your camera guy. This is before your actors get there. Let's say your actors have gotten there, which they're is arriving. great. They're your arriving. Your actors are your actors are arriving. When your actors arrive, they're going to your AD and your PA to find and your makeup person. You know, uh, your makeup person could also be your PA because once their makeup is done, that may be all that they're doing for the day. I wouldn't recommend it, but if you wouldn't recommend, ta- well, that, that's <laughs> if you have a professional makeup person. Yeah. If you have a professional makeup artist. They don't want to be your PA for the day either. No, no. You know, they really don't. But let's just say, you know, your 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 sister was really good at makeup, and she, you know, she did everybody's prom makeup in high school. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. She's got a pretty good setup. So let her also be your PA and let her help you out for the day. Otherwise, she's going to get bored. Yeah. doing nothing else for the yeah. rest of the day. No, a makeup it's artist true. is is aware. A professional makeup artist is not going to do nothing for the day. Mm. They're going to do the makeup and then they're going to stand on set and they're going to watch your actors and. And in between takes, they're going to touch up your actor's makeup. Yep. They're going to check them. If their actors are starting to sweat because it's a little warm, they're going to pat your, your, your actors down mm-hmm. to make sure they don't ruin this makeup. Yep. Okay? A professional makeup artist gets very, very retentive about this sort of thing. And they're very attentive as well. Mm-hmm. Okay? And they watch your actors. Sometimes they'll even stick their head over your shoulder and look through the camera to see what they look like. Yep. Okay? That's fine. Let them do it. They're that's doing their a, job. That's, that's, what, their that's job. why they are here for you. Exactly. That's exactly their job. They're going to stand there with the makeup that they need in their hand in case they have to touch up anything in between anything. Mm-hmm. If your actor wipes his head through the course of the scene as part of the script, the next take, that makeup artist is going to touch up whatever part of their head or face that that actor touched. Yeah. Okay? They're going to do that. Let them do that. But chances are that's not happening right here. Right. You know, so when your little sister is there doing doing makeup for for all your actors, she's not going to be checking them for the day. Mm. What is she going to do? She's going to be sitting in the other room playing on her phone all day long. All right. And that's fine for her to do that as long as nobody else is in the other room with her. But as soon as someone walks in that room and sees her sitting playing on their on her phone, then they're going to pull out their phone and they're going to start playing on it. Which if you're in a hurry up and wait situation is fine. Fine. Fine, because your actors are quiet and they are distracted. Yes. Well, your actors shouldn't be doing that anyway. I mean, if they're not on set. Doesn't matter. I mean. No. No. I don't think your actors should be doing that. 
I, I, I see actors more than you do, and many of them play on their I'm phones. I'm sure they do, but we're not talking about professional actors. No. We're talking about your friends who are no. doing this. Your friends, if they're not in the scene at that moment, they should be rehearsing their yeah. lines. Which is one thing. If, if you walk in and you see your little sister who's playing on her phone, and there's an actor who's also in the room, you can and should hand the, uh, a copy of the script, because you should have multiple copies, hand a copy of the script to your little sister and say, if you'd like to run lines... You can do that. Help the actor with some of that. Oh, look, they, they need to work on their lines for the next scene. Read along and make sure that they get everything right. Yep. Help them out. Yep. Okay? But again, like, but that's also part of why we said let, let that little sister makeup artist of yours be also be your PA for the day. So she's always doing something. Yeah. He, he she, whomever it is. Idle, I, always doing idle hands are the devil's work, especially yes, on, on an independent film Exactly. Set. Exactly. The more distracted people get doing other things, mm-hmm. the less attention they're paying to your film. Yeah. To this, to what we're doing for the day. I look at it like this. When you're at work and you're supposed to be doing something... You don't sit and play on your phone when the boss walks by. You don't. You put even if you were playing on your phone, you throw it away. Yeah. You put it away so that you stay busy. So you look like you're doing your job when the boss is around. Well, your director and your and your AD on set are the bosses and they are always around. You never know when they're going to walk in the room. Yeah. Okay? And honestly, if you're on a set, even if you have nothing to do for the next hour, all right, on these low-budget sets, find something to do. Mm-hmm. Because if they walk in the room and they find you doing, they're not going to yell at you, no. but they're never calling you back again. No. They're not going to have you back on set. And even if they do, it's literally for a lack of anyone else. Yeah. Okay? I We've had plenty of people on our set who walk in the other room and they start playing on their phones and they start this and they start that. And I don't want them back hmm. because they're distracting other people. Yeah. They're distracting the other people on set. You don't And you don't want that. Okay? Hmm. If they're going to go... Be play on their phone, go outside away from everyone else and completely out of out of sight, out of mind. Right. Okay. Let everybody concentrate on making this film. Right. So you're gonna be in the room now. We're back to now while your AD is setting all this up and getting mm-hmm. everything, you're in the room with your cameraman and you're gonna start setting up your lights. This is where we get to the three point light setup. You have three lights. You have your uh you have your key light, which is lighting your actors. Okay. Okay, you have uh, your second light is lighting the room is basically light for the room. Right. So you can see the room. So you can see the room itself. Got it. Third light. They always call it the backlight. That does not mean a light hits the wall behind them. All right. No, I've seen a lot of people do that. They take that third light and they put put it on the wall because that light will eliminate hard shadows on the wall. And that's a good idea to have. Yeah. But that's not your third light. Your third light is one of two things, okay? And this is literally if we're only talking to three lights. Your third light is one of two things. Number one, it is a backlight, which means it is behind your actors hitting their backs. For what reason? Pointed at their backs for two reasons. Okay. Number one, watch a movie and you see backlighting in every single scene, especially close-ups, you see backlighting. What that backlighting does is it actually creates a little bit of halo around their body. You mostly see it in your actors. You see it in your actors' hair, a little bit of light coming through their hair. That backlight separates them from the background, giving your scene depth immediately. So so the image doesn't look flat. Yes, exactly. All right. Um, The other thing it does, it's pointing light toward your camera now which is actually lighting up the lens. That's a good thing. That's a very good thing. It's okay. giving more it's pushing more light into the lens, making your entire scene brighter. Got it. All right? 
Um, when you look at cameras and you see those matte boxes, which is those big square things that you see around um, around lenses. Now, a lot of indie guys, a lot of a lot of no budget gorilla guys don't use those at all. Well, what am I going to use that for? It's actually extremely important. I still don't use them, you know, but I also know how to avoid certain things on set. Uh, those matte boxes avoid glare from the backlights and lights on the side, lights above, because when that light hits your lens at a certain spot, you're going to get a glare on the lens. Is this like a J.J. Abrams thing? No. <laughs> no. Those are flares. Got it. No. Um, what glare does, even if you don't notice it, you have a glare. Even if you don't see an so obvious like glare. So like one side of your frame to, would be brighter? No. No. Okay. What it's going to do is glare is causing your image to be fuzzier and less sharp because as glare hitting a light, there's light physically hitting the front glass and still reflecting off the glass. All the light is not getting into your lens. That glass is still somewhat reflective, so it's bouncing some light off. So that glare is actually causing your image to be slightly less clear. Okay, and it's honestly not noticeable until you put that matte box on and you look at the difference. You go, oh man, you get your contrast back into your scene once you have that matte box in because there's it's light spillage. Basically, Mm. there's all this light coming from all these different directions bouncing onto the lens of your camera and it's causing the lens to get slightly hazy. And the more lights, the hazier it's going to get. Got it. All right. And it's going to get less clear. Right. You put that matte box on and it's the same it's the reason why it's the, it's it's what they do for telescopes. You have the lens in the front and you have the lens in the back. Mm-hmm. Inside that telescope, what do you think it is? It's a black tube. Yeah. That black tube is absorbing excess light because that telescope is meant to see up into the into a dark sky right. and pick up little tiny bits of light, which is stars. Mm-hmm. Camera works the same way. Inside your camera lens is all dark, okay? Um, so it's actually the reflection of the light, which is making bouncing in and out around in and out inside the around lens, the on the front of the lens, on the back of the lens, light bouncing all over inside your lens. And it's making things hazier because the light has no specific direction. So when you put that matte box on front of it, it's eliminating some of the light and streamlining the light that's coming straight into it. Right. All right. And that gives you better contrast. It gives you better colors. It gives you clearer light. Right. It clears the whole thing. So again, you're probably not going to do this. One good way of one easy way of doing it though. Get yourself some of that get some of that painters tape we were talking about mm-hmm. and wrap it around the edge of your lens, lens huh. and create like kind of like a barrel right on the end of it and right. that'll eliminate some of the light. Painters tape is kind of a bad idea because it's blue so it's going to cr- still going to have some light. it's going to create a blue a blue but who knows you might like that you might yeah. like the look. We could also use scotch tape for yeah. something that's not no, blue. That's no? clear. No, not scotch tape, that um packing tape. Black hmm. duct tape? No, no, no. It's like what they use in elementary school. It's like paper tape but it's like off white Paper tape, masking tape. Masking tape is probably what I'm again. For. It, yeah. This it's a color tape, so yeah. it's going to change the colors of light that's going into it. You know, this is just something small. This is a total aside. We're totally off, totally off track here. <laughs> no, sorry. But anyway, that that's what your backing light is going to do. It's going to give more light toward the lens, which is going to make your image brighter. 
Okay. And that matte box is going to eliminate that excess light that you don't want. Right. It's also negative light, mm-hmm. which you don't want. Okay. There's, that's another, that's a lighting setup term. Uh, sometimes you have too much of a, of a reflection. Let's say you have a, um, Let's say you have a, a, a reflect. There's a there's a table and there's light reflecting off of a table underneath your shot. That light is hitting your lens. If you put something down on top of it, you'll see your you'll see the image clean up. Right. Sometimes you need the light. Sometimes you don't. Okay. Okay. Um, so then here's a here's a question. I've heard of and then people may know or heard of mm-hmm. the fancy the fancy light the the eye light. Um. Okay. One. That's one step farther. Okay. Um. That's where your backing light is. Now, if you're looking at your scene and you're seeing your actors, are, their faces are a little dark, hmm. you need a fill light. Right. All right? You only have three lights now. You have your main key light for all of your actors. You have your room light. Those are most important lights, okay? Because you can't see anything with them. But your hmm. actors' faces look a little dark. All right. You want to see your we actor's can, face above all. Yes. We can sacrifice the backlight. Hmm. All right, we can sacrifice, move that backlight to the front behind the camera to point at your actors so you light up their faces. Right. All right. Uh, you don't want to do it directly on them because that's going to cause, probably cause a shadow on the wall behind them. And that's another thing. Keep your actors away from the walls. Keep your cameraman's back on the wall so that this way you can use as much of the room as possible. Mm-hmm. When your actors are up against walls, you get indie mistake number one, which is shooting actors against a blank, dead wall. White wall. A white wall. Everybody mm-hmm. shoots their actors in front of a white wall. They all do it at some point or another. And it looks terrible. It looks absolutely horrible. You've got your auntie's wonderful living room here with all this stuff in it. Trust me, your audience would rather see the camera sitting on the entire room through the whole scene than a close-up of nothing but a, but their face and a white wall. It's just boring. It's dull to look at. Okay? So now you want a fill light in order to light up your actor's Fills the faces. face out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You want to you wanna light up your actor's faces so we can see them, so we can see what they're doing. Right. Um, you can double that as a the eye light. It's called a life light. There you go. All right. And all movies will have this, especially in close-ups. It's a specific light that is used for the purpose of reflecting off of your actor's eyes. Huh. So when we have a close-up, there's a reflection of light on their eyes, and it's called a life light because that's what makes you look alive. When you see killers in movies, they don't have life lights. Because they're not it human. It makes them, not even not human, yeah. it makes them look wrong. Right. Because everyone you're talking to, or every, I'm looking at you right now, and I can see the reflection of the window to, the, to, to my left and the reflection of the window behind me in your eyes. Yeah. And that gives me life. Now, if suddenly gives you life. Suddenly, you're looking at somebody in this room and everybody has reflections in their eyes except for the villain. They look different. He's got different. dead eyes. The thing. Yeah. Everybody has this... It's... Okay. <laughs> this, this is... All right, film geek is going to come out of me. The ending of The Thing. We've all seen The Thing. The John Carpenter's If the you thing. haven't, please go see it. At the end of the film, you have McCready and uh, you have Kurt Russell and um, oh god, I can't remember his name either. <sighs> What's his name? Whatever, I can't remember his name. You have the two actors sitting on opposite sides of the screen. Mm-hmm. All right, 
and you're wondering now which one of them is the thing. They know that one of the other one is the thing, and McCready, Kurt Russell, is looking at him like he's the thing. Yep. And it's always been a debate amongst act amongst amongst fans whether or not the other guy was the thing. Right. People even thought that they even thought that um, the bottle that he gives him was his test because it wasn't liquor. It mm-hmm. was something else. I, can't, I think it was gasoline because he had the, the cocktails, yep. I believe. So he gave him drink, made him drink gasoline and he drank it and he was fine. And that was McCready's cue. And this is how it ends with the two of them staring each other down. Mm-hmm. Watch the scene again. McCready has a lifelike. The other guy does not. Oh. Period. And there's a giant fire going on. There's no life light in his eyes. That is your cue. He's not human. Okay, so I'm going to ask a dumb question. Hmm. If we like, we, we really want, because we have a villain here, yeah. and we have two guys that are not villains, mm-hmm. if we really wanted to do that eye light, mm-hmm. could we use our cell phone light? Of course. Okay. But you don't want to point it at them. You no, just that's want not it nice. to be enough to see the reflection. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. You can, you can use your cell phone. Turn your cell phone light on and do it. Just don't point it at their faces because it's a different color temperature than your other lights, and it's going to make their face light white, which is the other thing. When you get your fill light, you want your fill light to be warm. You want it to be more orange so that they keep their skin tone. Right. Okay? Uh, really other great... Uh, so, so in order to reflect it and get it into their eye... Could you bounce it off like a ceiling? Bounce it off anything. You all no, you can't bounce it off a ceiling. No, ceiling is not reflective. It's not enough. powerful enough. It's not reflective oh, enough. Okay. It's not direct enough. Got it. All you need to do is hold it off to the side and look at their eye and hold it there while you're getting the shot that you need. Right. Just okay? get the angle but of it. But again, we're getting too complicated here. Yeah. This well, is... no, I'm just. I did brought up a really good point because what we're talking about reflections. A really great little yeah. trick of the trade to have is have a bounce board, which you can use a piece yes. of poster board. Yeah. Your bounce board can replace your now removed backlight right. by putting a bounce board by putting getting a big piece of that styrofoam core styrofoam board foam core foam core board put it behind your actors Mm -hmm. so that whatever lights are around the room can bounce onto their back and that will light things up as well right another thing to do to remember we're not shooting for the academy here no okay you're shooting a short film all right. You walk in a room and Auntie has a bunch of really huge windows. Number one, don't shoot in front of the windows because you're not going to be able to see anything. Mm. Don't face the windows with your camera, you know. But let those lights, let those windows be your light. Could they be your backlight? They could. No, no. no then you're shooting at it. So no. it can't be your backlight, but they could be your fill, your fill light they or could, your main light. They could be your main light. Exactly. Um, and then position a light or two near the window. So as the sun moves across throughout the course of the day, oh, your light is going to keep the light coming. Your your manual light, you know, your the light you put there is going to keep the light going in the same direction, keep the shadows going in the same direction. Right. Okay. So that's the goal. When it comes to lighting, is make sure that your actors' faces are lit up. Mm-hmm. Make sure the room is lit. Yep. So you can see the rest of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we just say? Walk around and see where Auntie has lights in her room. Never use the ceiling the ceiling light in the center of the room. Don't use that ever. It's going to flatten out everything. You want lights on the edges. You want lights going across rooms, not from the center out. You want from the out in. You want the edges of the you want lights from the edges of the room coming inward. You don't want the light from the center of the room going out. Got it. All right? You don't want that. It's going to flatten out everything. It's going to look terrible. So never use the ceiling fan light. Turn off your damn ceiling fan, too. And I understand it's probably warm in there, but the truth is it's going to cause reflections. It's going to cause shadows. It's going to cause movement. Your sound guy's going to hear it. Your sound guy's going to hear it. That ceiling fan is going to ruin your scene. Okay? 
Find out, see where your auntie has lamps and light shades, anything there. Turn all those lights on, and then when your camera is not facing them, you can put a light in that spot to brighten it up. So that's the light coming from that direction. Hmm. So it's a natural. So when we see the wide shot of the room, we your lights are already part of the scene. Right. And then you can move around all you want. All you got to do is make those lights brighter hmm. when it's off camera. And that will light up your room. And, and it'll give it a very natural look if right. you do it properly. Okay. You know? And you match the colors of your lights to the lights of the room. Yeah. Another thing, too, sometimes you want a backlight. You don't have a backlight. But there's a lamp in the room. We've already established this lamp is in the room. Position the camera so the lamp is actually in the shot behind the actor. Oh, now yeah. you don't have to hide anything. It's there. It's part of the room. Right. And you've lit up the back of your actor Plus, created something interesting in the background of the shot. Now that it's a little bit brighter in your shot, you get a little bit close. You you get more of a shallow depth of field because there's more light coming into your camera. Right. So your shot actually looks better by having that excess light in the shot. Okay. Okay. So now you have more depth in there. So these are all conversations that you're going to want to have with your cameraman as you are yes. setting up your lights and you're walking your scene. Mm-hmm. All of these things you're going to want to make a list of a note of. Yes. Yeah. Okay. While you're doing this, people have shown up. Right. You got your actors, the the your your AD and your your PA and all of them, your makeup, they've all gotten their actors in. Let's say your actors are now ready. They're ready to they're ready to enter the scene, okay? But you're not ready for them yet. Let them go in the other room. Yep. And let them rehearse their lines. Yep. Tell them go over the lines. Just start running. You want to make sure you greet your your actors. Of course, I'm assuming you've done that. You've said hello to everybody. All right, cut the niceties for a second. (laughs) Obviously, you've said you've said hello to everyone because they're all your friends. Right. You're not. That's true. It's true. These are your friends. Your friends come in. Hey, what's up? You know. Yeah, it's true. Of course, it's true. You're using friends. I forgot about that. I'm back into our theoretical situation. Give them something to do for the day. For the one great thing to have them do while you are setting up is to go through and have them sign all your releases. That's your release forms are very, 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 very important. Make sure that your producer is in charge of this. That your AD is on top of this. No one should get in front of the camera without a release. When we say this, this is not. Now, okay, when you submit to film festivals, it's going to say, make sure you have releases, make sure you have this, make sure you have that. And they're never going to ask for no, that stuff. they don't check film, you. They're it's never going to check this stuff, okay? But here is the fact of the, here is the fact, matter of fact, and this is the truth. Just because they're your friends now doesn't mean they're going to be your friends in a week. Yep. Okay? We actually know someone who had their girlfriend in a movie, and him and the girlfriend broke up. And before the movie was done... And she told him, I don't want to be in your movie anymore. She shot all her stuff. She shot everything. It's done. Her scenes were done. I don't want to be in your movie anymore. Take me out. You don't have that release. You have to take her out. Mm -hmm. You can't keep her footage in the movie anymore if she didn't sign a release. She signed a release. She could hate you till she could hate you with the fire of a thousand suns. Yes. It doesn't matter. She signed the release to tell you that you're allowed to use her footage that is legal and binding there yep. is nothing she can do about using that footage no nope. and nothing. another really bad horrible thing that can happen is all of a sudden your your friend who did this for you all of a sudden gets stars in their eyes and all of a sudden they're not going to let you use the footage unless you pay them 
Yep. Is that there? There's an agreement of what they of what they agreed to be paid for the day. If they agreed to volunteer for the day, then it says it in the contract. Yes. You know. I look. It literally says in most releases that you will not accept. Uh, you will not. You will not expect any further payment mm-hmm. in consider in consideration. Compensation. Yeah. Yes. No more compensation. No compensation beyond what was agreed upon, and that's it. Uh, but the biggest thing is these are your friends. They may not be your friends forever. Forever. Yeah. You know, so it could be 10 years from now where you in this and he says, you know what? I don't want to be in your movie anymore. Take me out of your movie. And that movie that they're in mm-hmm. that has been released and is out there and everything already. They can actually sue you for it now because there is no proof that they agreed to be in your film anymore. Yeah, you even have, though they're in it. You have you have a friend that decides, oh yeah, no, I'll be your your evil musician that's also a drug dealer. All of a sudden goes and becomes a cop. Mm-hmm. Guess what? <laughs> he doesn't want that footage out there in the world anymore. Yep, these or, things can all happen. Yep, There's a thousand reasons for it. Or we have we have some we have some actors. Some of them are teachers on the side. Yep. You know, or they become a teacher later, and they don't want that footage out there because it's a teacher and it makes them look bad. People become parents, and all of a sudden, violence. Yeah, and they, they don't want they to don't be part of that movie anymore. Well, un- unfortunately for them, they already did it, and they signed that release. Then, yep. nope, you. Nope, can't do anything about it. They yep. just have to learn to live with it. Yep, these okay? are all things that you need to protect yourself with yes, with the release. This is about protecting yourself. It's about protecting yourself and your film forever. Mm-hmm. Okay? So make sure no one gets in front of the camera without signing the yes. release. Think first. about that. Think about that best friend you had in high school who slept with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whomever. And what if they had been in your movie before they did that? They're not going to, you're not even going to want them in your movie. They, they certainly don't want to be in it anymore. Right. And they're going to tell you, nope. So. That has happened plenty of times, but but with that one guy, him and his girlfriend broke up. I don't want to be in your movie. He had to go back and reshoot all of the scenes with her in it with a different actress. Yep. Because she never signed a release because she's his girlfriend. Yeah. You know? If you have an actor mm-hmm. or a person on your set who is getting offended because you are making them sign a contract release, yeah. you don't want them on your set. Nope. No. No. You don't want them on your set, period. No. It's not people you want to work with. They're, they're they're not taking this seriously enough. They don't understand this. We've had people who we work with who when we get to the contract, they send, look, man, I don't mean to offend you with the contract. No, you're not offending me with this contract. This no. is this is business. That At this point, we are not friends. We are business partners now. Mm-hmm. Okay? This is a business. The minute you start working with somebody on mm-hmm. something... Everything needs to be in writing. Have everything in writing. Everything. If you're taking your friend's script and you were directing your friend's script, mm-hmm. make sure that you have some sort of agreement. You, have, you need an agreement in place between the two of you yeah. of what your positions are and what your jobs are and what you're both responsible for. Right. But if you're, if you're luckily in the same situation that we are in, since we are married, we are legally one entity. So we don't have, if it's your wife that's your producer, don't even worry about it. Mm-hmm. Because you are legally one person yeah. until you get divorced. Un- until you get divorced, then you have problems, which is why you have contracts. Yep. You ever get divorced, any movie she worked on, nope. She's going to want some of that movie. So it might be a good or reason to have it in place. he's going to want some of that movie. Yeah. Yes, have that contract in place. We do have it in we, place. We do have a clause in we place. We actually yes. do have it in place. Yep. You know, and our entire our entire company depends <laughs> on us staying married. <laughs> anyway, let's but, not share that with everyone. Okay. So, uh, so now we're ready to shoot. Ready hopefully. to shoot. Ready to shoot. Right. So one of the first things we want to get is our sound guy in place. Uh-huh. Well, first we want to get our actors. First, in place get your then. actors in place. Yeah. Work out there. Go, you're going to spend the next fifteen or twenty minutes or so going through the scene with your actors, telling them what you want. Because the truth is, you probably have not had rehearsals before this day. You. Your actors probably got their probably got their script a week ago, and they're just getting a look at it. They probably barely have it memorized. 
It's your first film. Don't roll your eyes at me. No. Okay. It's your first film. No. This is this is what happens. People show up and and they just show up for the day. Yeah. So you're going to take 15 or 20 minutes. You're going to go through the entire scene from beginning to end. Your cameraman and your sound person are just going to watch. Right. And they're going to see where you want your actors to move the within to take the scene. Place. Yes. Well, you're blocking of the actors. Mm-hmm. Now you're not going to be blocking as specifically as you will be when you get better at this, but you're going to be blocking your actors around. You're going to go to this point. You're going to go to that part. And that's where hopefully you've already worked out with your cameraman where you're going to be cutting. Right. Sometimes you can go through the whole scene. You're going to go through the whole scene. All right. Well, where are we going to cut? Let's see how far we can get. Mm-hmm. I, do, I do that a lot. Let the actors, let's see how far we can get. Yeah. And if, if, you, if your actor starts to struggle at a certain place, work in a cut there. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, let your sound guy and camera guy, camera sound people and camera people, <laughs> watch your actors where they're moving around the set so that they know where they can and cannot step so that they're not in the actor's way. Mm-hmm. All right. And where the actors are going to be moving so that they can get the shots that they need. Your sound person is not an obstacle. Yeah. All right. Many crews treat the sound man like an obstacle. Okay. Your microphone's in the way. The microphone is in the way. The microphone's in the shot. The yeah. microphone's in the shot. I can see the boom. I can While see the it's boom. true, yes, if the microphone is in the shot, it's a problem. Yeah. Everybody loves screaming but at boom shot. Yes. But don't, sh- don't treat the sound person like they like, are like an a obstacle. pariah. Don't make yes. them a pariah. Don't, don't make them feel like it's their fault the boom is in the shot. They're trying to get as close as possible. Work out with them how far they can and cannot move away. Because remember, if you are shooting a scene and your cameraman, excuse me, your sound person is five feet away from your actors, he's not getting clean sound. Yeah. They're getting the sound from the entire room, even though they can hear it. They may be able to hear the actors. They're not getting it clear. Get that microphone as close as possible, okay? In every single shot, get them as close as they can. Mm-hmm. And if you can get a shot where the cam- where, where the microphone is literally inches away from your actors' faces, do the entire scene like that in one take at least. Get at least one right. or two takes with the entire scene of that. So this way you have good, clean audio, a good, clean take. Because the farther away from your actors that the sound person is, the more excess sound they're going to get. They're going to hear that guy down the block who's mowing his lawn. You're going to hear it if you get farther away. Okay, you're gonna pick up more echoes around the room. You're gonna pick up the the you know the sound person, the 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 PA's footsteps at the other side of the room. Mm-hmm. They're gonna pick it all up. Right. Okay. The microphones are smart in that sense where they're gonna pick up the loudest sound, the clearest. And if somebody steps on a board in the room and and the board clicks, that's gonna end up being the loudest sound of the room, and it's gonna hear. You're gonna hear that clearer than the than the audio. Right. So you want the sound guy to be as close as possible. Do not martyr them and make it sound like it's their fault that the boom is in is in the frame. Yeah. You know, right before you shoot, bring this let the sound guy step in. All right? Put this put the mic there. Before. All right? Nope, farther out, farther out, farther out until they're out of frame. And I mean just out of frame. So this way you're and then your sound and then it is the job of your sound person and camera person to work in tandem together. That is their job to make sure that they don't catch each other. Right. All right. The sound guy needs to pay attention to where the camera guy is. 
And the camera guy's got to pay attention with the sound. All right, this is where the boom is going to be. Great. The camera can't move past this. Right. If the camera's going to move over there, your sound person needs to be ready for it. Right. And they need to know when to turn. And they're paying attention. It's a dance. Yeah. Between the actors, the camera, and the sound, it's a dance that everybody needs to know the steps to. And that's what's going to create a dynamic scene. You know, everybody's moving in tandem together and everybody's working like one hive mind. Right. That's what you need to establish for that 15 or 20 minutes before you start shooting. When you do your rehearsals, Mm -hmm. establish where everybody's going to be and set them all up to stay there. Okay. Um, So that's when we're shooting. Um, What you're going to do then is you're going to work like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mostly you're going to shoot one scene. You're Mm going to double check with your AD. Did we get everything? Did you get all the cutaways? Everything that we need. Great. Now, if you have to move your lights, which is something you don't want to have to do very often. Well, yes, yes, that's yes. For this type of shoot, no, you don't want to move your lights. Try to set up your lights so that they can stay there. Because the truth is, you're not a professional lighting guy, so you don't know how to move all the lights and still match them to the previous shot. You just don't. That takes a lot of time and prep. Even I don't do that, very rarely. I like to set the scene so that the lights are in place where we can shoot anywhere in the room. Right. And we just move fill lights around. Right. I like to shoot that way because I like to have that freedom to shoot anywhere in the room, anywhere we want. And the whole room is lit properly and everything. I think it makes the scene so much more alive when you can do that. Now, Hollywood sets do this already because they have professional lighting guys who hmm. know how to move the lights and still keep them looking the same way. Right. You don't know how to do that. All right. I don't care how good you think you are. Unless you've worked on a professional set and done this professionally, mm-hmm. you don't know how to do this. Right. So don't try to do it. Just try to light the entire room as evenly and well as possible to get the mood and look that you want out of it. A look that you like. Look through the camera and see it. Don't just look at the room and say, yeah, that looks good. Point the camera at that spot and say, do I like the way this looks? And just move the camera around a little bit. Yeah, I like the way it looks in the shots. Yeah. And this is why I said use the windows, use the existing lights in the room, use all that stuff because you're not going to move it. It's not moving. It's staying right there. Right. At all times. It's always going to be there. Use it to your advantage. Okay. So you're going to go for the next four to five hours mm-hmm. doing each scene like this. Now, as we said, it's a eight hour, eight to ten page script. Right. You're going to assume an eight to ten hour day. Right. Two eight to 10 hour days. Mm-hmm. If you don't need the second day, then you don't need it. Then great. Oof. Great. Fine. Always assume a second day. Yeah. We did it on our first couple of shorts. God, we made so many mistakes the first day. We went back, looked at the footage. Damn it. And now we have to try to find a way to get everybody back together for a second day to fix the things that we didn't have. Right. Or you're just going to deal with it in your edit and you're always going to hate it. Yeah. Always try to plan a second day. Mm-hmm. And then okay. that way you can also take the time where it's like, once you finish the scene, like I said, check with your ID. Make sure you have all the shots that you need. You're going to have your sound person. Um, you could do an ADR take with them, where literally the actors just go through their lines ADR without is, their movement. ADR is additional dialogue recording. That's what ADR means for people right. who don't know. Additional dialogue recording. It's a recording of just dialogue. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Right. So once you get to the end of the scene, do a Foley take, which is literally the sound effects. You know, um, which you can do when you're doing your cutaways. So that way you make sure the door opens, the, the cabinet slams, get all of these things. Uh-huh. Do an ADR take, which is literally the two actors or the three actors going through their lines without the movement. Uh-huh. So you get clean audio because that will save you in the editing suite. Yes, it may not sound perfect, 
but it's better than hearing noise. Mm -hmm. In our, right now, the dog is snoring in the corner. If we were closer to the dog, you'd be able to hear it. Yeah, it's really cute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sometimes you catch things like that. Yeah. You know, sometimes somebody showed up late and they rang the doorbell. Yeah. Somebody, somebody, sometimes somebody drives by and honks a horn. Yep. You know, somebody drives by with loud music in the middle of it. Sometimes the ice cream man is outside the house. Okay? You want to get rid of that dialogue. So get a separate take with just dialogue with just your two actors. With the, with, the their, with their memory of how they acted yes, the scene. Yes, not the script. No. Not the script. If they read off the script, I guarantee you they said it differently in the scene. Yep. Let them act through the scene as they did the scene. Mm-hmm. And just let the sound guy do it. Just don't move. Yeah, don't move. Then do another take if you have the time. Do another take with the actors just acting out the scene and miming it. Miming the words. Don't say the words. Just mime the words and let the sound guy follow them and around. And that'll be your foley. And that can be your room foley. So you have your you have some room tone and you have their their feet hitting well, the floor. Well, that's what I was just getting to. Yeah, too. that's where we're getting. That's the yeah. next. Yes, we're getting there. Um, you, you have their feet moving in the room. You have them sitting down on the couch. You have all of the movements, all the motions that they did through the course of the scene. Now on one solid audio tape, which is separated from the vocals, which is yes. great. Yes. Um, the thing you just said there, room tone, uh, definitely listen to our sound episode because we talked about it there. Mm-hmm. But room tone, real quick, is just literally recording the sound of the room with the people in it not moving yes. and not speaking. And it's gonna, it sounds ridiculous, but you need three to four minutes of just flat room tone because sometimes you want to give a pause in between dialogue and you're cutting the audio there. And if there is nothing... If you don't have that room tone to fill in that empty space, you're going to hear the sound drop out, go dead silent, and then come back. Because whether you believe it or not, their air makes a sound. Mm-hmm. Air makes sound. Yeah. So It sounds crazy, but mm-hmm. I've actually seen it be used. Yes. So. It's just like I, in fact, like I said, I did... I did demonstrate this on an audio. It's like hitting mute on something and then unmuting. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. And you don't want that in your film. No. You don't want it. It distracts your audience and it sounds terrible. Yeah. But trust me, every indie guy, every indie filmmaker out there does it. They all make these mistakes when they start. Just avoid it. Yep. Work on it right now and avoid it. No. Real quick, when you finish off your scenes, you do this quick little checklist for yourself. Mm-hmm. You and your producer can do this together. Then you're going to want to take a break. Yeah. I always find when you finish the scene, let everybody release it Take for a five minute. minutes. Take five minutes. Let everybody run to the bathroom, get a glass of water. Mm-hmm. Um, have your PA aware that when there is a break taken to offer to get a bottle of water for your actors, yes. it does great for their morale. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get you a bottle of water. It's getting hot. If the scene is yeah. getting tense, if you keep doing multiple takes, have a PA offer once again a bottle of water. Yeah. It, We're it not really pampering. Is, this no. isn't pampering. This is just keeping them focused on what they're doing and comfortable. Yeah. Keeping them focused is my concern. To me, as keeping a producer, fo- it's comfort. See? Yeah, That's me, the two different them, mindsets. <laughs> exactly. Keeping them focused on the scene. And if they're thirsty, walking out of the room to go get to go find a bottle of water and come back is distracting. Yeah. Not only that, you, the, the, there's a thousand things that can happen on their way to that bathroom. Mm-hmm. They, can, they can wander off, see something shiny. Yeah. Um, have a conversation with somebody See who upsets shiny? who upsets them. Oh, look shiny! What? <laughs> How many times have we had an actor wander and then I have to go and collect them? Do not I let your do not let them get away from the yeah, set. Yeah, great aunt has a has a 150 year old grandfather clock and they're yes. just admiring yeah. it. 
Once he puts together minutes, puzzles and they're going to count how many pieces the, the, mm. the puzzle was. I can't. Uh, yeah. They do get lost every once in a while. Let your PA do anything they can to keep your actors focused on the on the, the job at hand. Yep. Okay. Um, so then after four or five hours of this, I say four, but you could push it to five. Mm-hmm. I'd say if you have to. Take a lunch break. Take a meal yeah, break. Don't don't cut your scene in the middle. No. Just because, well, four hours we agreed, but we're in the middle of a scene right here. Finish the scene. Yep. Finish the scene. Because you're never going to be able to go back to exactly mm-hmm. the same mindset no. and lighting, and, and yes. you're never going to be able yeah. to recreate it So if you have an eight to ten hour day, you are going to break at four or five hours. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, if you're doing that ten hour day, try to take another try to take another half hour break at eight eight or nine hours and mm-hmm. leave one scene for the for the for the end yeah um when it comes to food um you know you're probably gonna order pizza mm-hmm. it's the easiest way to fill it's the to- easiest way to, to do it um don't cheap out please 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 don't cheap out food is so important craft service is so important always assume two and a half to three slices per, per person. person if you can afford it do four slices per person get an extra pie get an extra, get an extra pie, pie at the minimum um have the pizza laying around. You know, if you have your bagels, make sure that they are out and available to everybody. Um, if anybody can just starts to get tired or hungry or cranky, they can go and grab a slice. Yeah. Um, if you have vegans, this mm-hmm. is something that you should know before you get onto set. Yep. If you have a vegan or somebody who's gluten free or somebody who has a special dietary need, uh, you should all know this ahead of time. Your producer shall should approach them when they get there in the morning and in private. Private. Yes. Pull out of menu and let them choose what they're going yeah. to eat instead. If you pull out that menu in front of everybody else, and everybody's going to want something special, and yeah. you're going to end up spending two hundred dollars to feed eight people, yeah. and you, you can't afford that. You yeah. just don't. So you're going to spend fifty, sixty bucks getting all those pizzas, another ten dollars or so to get this person their own plate because they can't eat whatever everybody else is eating, mm-hmm. and if everybody has a problem with it, too bad. Right. Sorry, too bad. It sounds mean, but too bad. Too Everybody bad. else is cool with it. Unless this pizza is going to make you sick <laughs> yeah. and have you you know, violently in the bathroom for the next two days, mm-hmm. no, no, you're eating the pizza. We're all yeah. good with pizza. Yes, I, do you, because you asked everybody their dietary needs, I asked you if you needed anything yep. special. You cannot change this on me now. Yeah, that's it. Plan is already in place. Food is already ordered and has been delivered. Yes. But There's now, nothing but I can now do remember another thing. We call it the wheel of death for a reason. Yes. Because pizza makes people tired. It makes people bloated. It makes your breath smell. It, it you know, it's it's not. Dairy the doesn't do great things to every anybody. Yeah. It's not. It's not the best form. It's it's the cheapest and easiest form yeah. of feeding people. If you have a couple extra bucks, if you can afford a little something extra, something different. Go with something different. Hey, you know, if you can afford to get Chinese food for the day, then get some rice. Get some this. You know, something. Something. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Pizza is something that, again, these are your friends. This is probably everybody's first film, so nobody's got a problem with it. But trust me, you start talking to a bunch of actors who've been doing this a couple of years. They are so tired of They pizza. hate working. They hate eating pizza. Yeah. They absolutely hate it. They're so sick of eating pizza. Yeah. Especially actors, professional actors, who are trying to watch their weight. Mm-hmm. One slice of pizza is three, 400 calories for a slice of pizza. This is something they don't eat regularly because they're watching their weight. Yeah. They're actors. Their yeah. entire career is based on the way they look and perform on set. And if they're bloated and they 
feel a little overweight and they feel insecure for the day, you're not getting a wonderful performance out of them. You're no. just not. But like I said, we're starting here. These are you and your friends. And, I, and I'm going to put this out there right now. Domino's Pizza is not pizza that no. we're talking about. We are not discussing Domino's Pizza. We are not discussing Little Caesars Pizza. I am talking That's about crap. an actual pizzeria pizza. Yes, yes. Don't get the cheap Domino's Pizza because nobody likes that crap. No. Even the person who loves it. No, he's the only and person you, who loves it. And you look it. even cheaper than Yes, getting a bunch of $5 pies. You look, you look cheap. Then exactly. you might as well just budget for like eight slices a person yeah. and you're not really saving yourself any money in that. Yeah, it's not filling anybody up. How many people can eat half a pie by themselves of Domino's? It's no. a tiny little pie. Go to the go to a good pizzeria. Get three get three pies for eight people. Get three pies. I've gotten trays of salad as well mm-hmm. um, if your pizzeria offers it because it does give a healthier option to yes. people. Yeah. Um, you know. So feed people. Pay attention to what they're eating. Pay yeah. attention to what you're feeding everybody and say, if I was coming for a free meal... What would I really be happy with? Yeah. You know, I'm not saying order lobster. No. No. <laughs> and, and and if you're going to do Chinese or something like that, do not do everybody picks their own because you will. Yeah. Yeah. Get you try and give there. them a lunch budget and forget it. Then yeah. people are never going to listen to get it. Get some sort of vegetable fried rice. Get some some vegetable or even just a big thing of white rice no. and, you know, some type of beef, some type of chicken, some type of veggie plate, something that everybody can choose from. Subway has uh, really great options. Yep. You can get Subway sandwiches from them. They do cater. You mm-hmm. can actually contact them for catering in advance. Yeah. A day in advance and they'll deliver it at a specific time. And everybody gets cookies and cookies are big. Mm-hmm. In best case scenario, which I have also, well, I want to try one of our sets is, is I'm going to hide the cookies until later and then pull them out mm-hmm. like about two hours after lunch because I yeah. feel like that'll boost morale and yes, get everybody happy yes. again. If you get snacks of, of some type, you get, you get cookies and things like that, hide them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you start approaching that eight or nine at that eight, nine hour mark, yeah. pull those cookies out and everybody feels, oh my God, cookies. cookies. And everybody gets excited about cookies. Yep. You know? Yep. So that's that sort of thing. You just, just do that. All right. Um, Feed people, feed them, feed them decently. Mm-hmm. Respect people and their time. If you have yeah. an actor on there, give them an ETA. Um, how long are you going to need? You know, if they happen to be off screen, if you have mm-hmm. just a two shot that's going on and your third guy is kind of sitting in the kitchen, um, then, you know, give him, okay, well, you have a half hour until you need to be ready. That way he can mentally prepare and you're respecting his time. Mm-hmm. Um, work, work, like you say work, bathroom breaks into things, make sure everybody can. You know, be comfortable, know what they're doing, blah, 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 all that stuff. And if you have to give a break to your crew, I mean, you and your cameraman can always do pickups. Um, You can do exterior shots at the same time. Um, Your crew is always on. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thing that they need to realize you need to make them aware of. Your crew is always on. There is no stopping for the crew. Yeah, Yeah. crew can stop and they can eat, but they're going to turn around twice as fast as everybody else. And they're going to jump back into what they're doing to prep for the next scene. Yes. Yeah. Um, So... What else do we have for the day? For the first day of shooting. First day, first career, first first short film. I think that's pretty much yeah. what's going to cover you for the whole day. Yeah. Okay? Um, Repeat for the second day. Repeat for the third day. Yeah. yeah. And this is the sort of thing... Honestly, these rules apply to every set. They just get bigger. Yeah. It's just a matter of, of accommodating more people and more time and more everything, you know? Um, we said you have that blood shot. Mm. Do that last... That's the last thing you shoot is your effects. You shoot it last. And cut as many people as you can before that. If you only need one person who's going to get shot, if you need one person who's going to shoot him and one person that's going to get shot, you can cut the third guy. Um, If there's anybody who doesn't need to be there, let them go home. Let them leave. If they're not part of the effects effects scene. Effects can be quite lengthy. Yes. Yeah. That can take some time. 
Uh, we're not going to get into how to shoot that. That's an entirely different. Oh, it's a whole new episode. We that's a whole different episode. So I think we're good on this one. Yeah, I think so. I think we're good. Uh, so that's your first time shooting your first short film with a... First day on set. First day on set, five-person crew. Yep. So. That's what I call it. want to wrap it up real quick? You have your director, who is your writer. You have your writer. One person, number one. Writer, director, cameraman. DP, yeah. Yes, writer, director, DP. Mm-hmm. Person number two is your producer slash AD. AD. Yep. All right. Person number three is your second camera person. Okay. Number four is your sound, sound person. person. Number five is your PA slash possibly makeup artist. Mm-hmm. All right. And all around gal Friday. Right. All right. Nozu, that is your five-person crew. If you can make it six or seven, then so be it. You can definitely add more because you can combine, like we said earlier. Yep. I would not suggest making it four because, trust me, the more hands-on You will set, always need an better. extra set of hands. You will always need an extra person. There's always something that someone's going to have to go do mm-hmm. while we're shooting. Yep. Always. So always. You always need an extra person to do anything. And sometimes you have an extra, act, and one of your actors only in part of the scene mm-hmm. who's willing to help out all the time. Fine. They can do That's it great. too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as long as they're done. Yeah. Don't stop them from rehearsing their scene to go do something else. Yeah. Don't if it's just like that. the pizza delivery guy and he just has to show up halfway through the scene, deliver the pizza and have an exchange and then leave, then yeah, yeah totally use him as an extra set of hands. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's your first time, first day on set of a five-person crew. Yep. All right, I think we covered that pretty well. I hope this was informative. I hope this helps some of you first-time filmmakers out there. All right. Um, That's going to be it for us here at Filmmaking Sucks. Anything to add? No. No, we're good. All right. Uh, Follow us on iTunes. Start that over. (laughs) Subscribe, follow and subscribe. Uh, subscribe, I'm Jesus. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. Uh, Google Play Music. I have to be specific. It's not on Google Play, it's Google Play Music. Oh, well, yes, Russell they have and a podcast a separation. Podcast what? Addict, which is my app. Yes, a Podcast Addict. We're on, uh, we're on most podcatching apps out there. Mm-hmm. Um, give so us a review, please. Give us a, yes, rate us and review us, please. This way other people can find us. When you when you rate us in the ratings, we go up. Go up in the ratings, people can find us easier. You know? Uh, so help us out with that. Uh, follow us on Twitter at MassGrave and at MassGraveet. Um, we're on Instagram as well. I think you're MassGraveet on Instagram, right? Yep. And I am MGP Director. Oh, on I'm Instagram. sorry. I'm Mrs. Massgrave on you're Instagram. You're Mrs. Massgrave yes. on, on Instagram. Instagram. I am MGP Director on Instagram. And we just opened a Twitter for a our movie Theta, Theta States, States. So Theta definitely give underscore, that a follow. At Theta underscore States. Yep, you so follow. definitely give us a follow on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find us on Facebook under Massgrave Pictures. Filmmaking sucks. Still does not have a. I kind of like being this pariah (laughs) we're not it doesn't it doesn't have any pages if you want us to start one we will um let Let us us know know. let us know um but we run so many pages as is for all our different movies we just got tired of making different pages just got sick of it but if you want it we are willing to do it yeah yeah so so that's going to do it for mm-hmm. us here at Filmmaking Socks. Email us at filmmakingsocks at gmail.com with your questions, concerns, love mail, hate mail, death threats. Um, Platter brownies I'll take. Yeah. I don't think Even a can, picture. Uh, you'll, you'll t- you'll, you can email her about platter brownie. But okay, fine. <laughs> so be it. She'll just take brownies in any form she can get them. So uh, that's it. Be nice to your auntie.
be nice to your auntie. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you all for listening. Get out there and make good films.